Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two. Arm bar. I did it for The Rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Hold three. The moss covered, three handled family gradunzel. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Number four, arm bar. It's a different kind of high tonight for Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero gets his redemption. Eddie Guerrero has exercised his demons. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Los Marcos Podcast. My name is Varo. I am one-third of Los Marcos. And with me tonight, as usual, Oscar and Kells. What's up, guys? Not um, much, man. Chilling. Sipping some uh, Sticky Beak Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa Valley. Shout out the only good part of California. The <laughs> wine part. Everything else is garbage. Uh, Burnside Bully got his cardio in. He's ready for the pod. You know, I'm here. I'm here. I'm chilling. I got my Subway coupons ready for breakfast tomorrow. And I got my Poland Spring water, as always. <laughs> got to stay hydrated, my friends. Man. All right. Let's just jump right into it. This week, for our top three segment, we are going to be discussing our favorite gimmicks of all time. And unlike our other episodes, this time we discuss who's going to go first. And I, I am going to go first. <laughs> Top three wrestling gimmicks to me. I'll start with, from I guess old to new. I'll go first, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. The guy was just a rich asshole. He had a security guard, Virgil, slash butler. Um, he, was, you know, he was just an asshole. He made a little kid, he promised a little kid money to dribble the ball 15 times in a row. And on the 14th, he kicked it, and he made the kid cry. <laughs> Yo, what? <laughs> amazing, amazing. <laughs> uh, what else? He bought the WWE title from Andre the Giant and declared himself the WWF champion. His gimmick, his uh, catchphrase, uh, everybody has a price, his theme song. One of the best gimmicks of all time. Second, to me, uh, Randy Orton. And his legend killer gimmick, when he was RKOing all these old guys, his feud with Mick Foley, I think that gimmick should have ended with him going over the trash that is Undertaker at WrestleMania. (laughs) But unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Um, I think that's my favorite uh, incarnation, I guess, of Randy Orton's character and career. And then lastly... Booker T. King Booker. Guy had a great run. He got a couple of title runs with that gimmick. He made wrestlers suck or kiss his toe. I forgot which one it was. I remember Cena kissed his toe. Bobby Lashley kissed his toe. Great gimmick. And it really got Booker over for um, that, that part of his career. To, to, to go off of the King Booker thing. Let's not forget it also gave shine to two of the most underrated wrestlers WWE has ever had in Fit Finley and uh, William Regal. William Regal should have been world champion if it wasn't for his issues. And Fit Finley was like 57 years old, kicking ass as a U.S. champ. So uh, that was it, it was great. 
have no issues with Varro putting Kim Booker there. Oh, and we got, what, we got wait, Queen Charmel too. Is, oh, is, Charmel was uh, amazing. Is William Regal really like underrated? What? I he should have been. He I think he's been. properly rated. People, people respect William Regal, bro. Oh no, they, they respect like him, William yeah. Regal, but he's he's. I think he's one of the top twenty of all time. Who William? Yeah, of course. Like, in the ring, he's great. He makes he's hilarious characters. When he did the crime time thing, that was like one of the best moments. I don't know. I just feel like he should have, regardless of his demons, they should have just given him that world title one. Yeah. Now, now, just real quick segue. I don't want to knock anybody out, but if you guys want to question William Regal's um, skills, go on YouTube and look up the William Regal versus the Blur, aka Chris Benoit <laughs> match at the Brian Pillman Memorial Show. Um, this is considered one of the best matches of all time or pretty much a, I would say an example of what a perfect match should be. Apparently this match is shown to wrestlers at NXT when they come in for developmental training like on how to put on a perfect match. So put aside the fact that one of these guys is a murderer it's a great match. So you know. Please watch. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to go with my top three gimmicks right now. <laughs> I'm about to get some heat for this. So my top three gimmicks are Razor Ramon, Muhammad mm-hmm. Hassan, <laughs> and finally, The Undertaker. Wait, what? Nah. That's right. Nah, get off, get off the call. <laughs> How do I mute, wait, 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 How do I mute you? Yeah. Wait 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 wait. This this group here, Los Marcos, we have all agreed that the Undertaker is trash. The Undertaker sits in our trash can <laughs> as we speak, and you choose to put him in your top three. You know what? Sometimes you rise out the trash, and sometimes he rises out the casket. And this is the Undertaker's moment to shine. You put him in your top. Okay, please. I need I need an explanation of why you would put him in the top three. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go one by one. Razor Ramon, when he came in, had the greatest vignettes other than someone that's in one of the other top threes. You'll hear it later. Whether he was in the bodega, whether he was in a golf... Was the golf club, right, Kels, I think? Yeah, the golf. It was like a play on Scarface, so a golf club, yeah, at the resort. Yeah, it, it was a complete... Vince McMahon, obviously, not being oblivious to everything in the outside world, <laughs> didn't know what Scarface was, so he didn't know this was a complete copy <laughs> of Scarface. Still doesn't take away the gimmick, doesn't take away the... WrestleMania 10 ladder match doesn't take away the great moment on Raw where they created the 1-2-3-Crit X-Pac. Muhammad Hassan was one of the best heels they've done in the past 15-20 years. He was gold on the mic. He could actually wrestle for a green guy. Uh, what probably ruined him was obviously that stupid thing with The Undertaker and uh, when he did the camel clutch to... or when he had an argument about the camel clutch with Eddie Guerrero because... <laughs> They told <laughs> I forgot who it was in the back. It was probably Kurt Angle, someone egging him on, telling him telling him to tell Eddie not to do the move, even though it was Eddie's father that created the move, if I'm not mistaken. Gory. So that's why too. As for why I picked The Undertaker. He is trash. But that does not take away the fact that the gimmick is fire. It was fire. We were young. 
It's been tired. It's been old for the past decade, but it was cool to see him roll his eyes back, come out, come out of fucking screens and jump out of caskets and walk on the ropes. It was it was exciting for a young five year old Oscar little a little Mark watching his pro wrestling. He's trash, yes, but I'm not gonna say his gimmick is trash because there's a lot of guys who are great in ring, but their gimmick is trash. So this is the other way around. But yeah, bring back Muhammad Hassan. Yo, Muhammad Hassan wasn't wrong. All right, all the promos he used to cut, that he used to get crazy heat. He was right. He, I don't like <laughs> looking back at it. Looking back at it, he wasn't a heel. He was the face that we weren't ready for. So Muhammad Hassan needs to come back. Stop being a teacher. Nobody, no, these kids don't want to learn anymore. Anyways, just come, come back. Come be a professional wrestler again. Muhammad Hassan also had one of the best silkies in the game. <laughs> so his do rag or traditional headpiece, fire. I wish I could pull that off, but I'm not a practicing Muslim, so I'm not even gonna try. Uh, he's a before any of you marks get on us. Yes, he's Italian. We know he's Italian, but he played he played the gimmick really well. Thank you, thank you for clearing that up before these people try to get all marky. These people <laughs> <laughs> go take a bath, you marks. All right, um, guys, uh, it's my turn. So my top three gimmicks of all time. Uh, number one. Uh, was Mr. Cena's, Mr. John Cena's thugonomics. Um, to see a white guy from Boston essentially take the new, a New Yorker's gimmick and run with it and do rap battles in the ring and wear throwback jerseys and actually wear a real, like, lock chain, not like a gold chain as his chain, you know, pumping the Reeboks, um... You know, his move, which is now known as the Attitude Adjustment, used to be known as the FU. The theme song was fire. His feud with the Big Show was great. Um, he was just a heel that you loved. You know, his um, also his feud with Angle was great. So, and then Cena became a WWE darling, and, and he was ruined from then on. So, when I look at John Cena, I always think about Thugonomics and the way when he won the title at WrestleMania, the WWE, uh, I mean, the US title, the pop that he got. It was just perfect. Um, number two is the guy who has the greatest montage of all time, uh, Mr. Kurt Henning, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect. Um, before I talk about uh, Kurt Henning, I want to say um, R.I.P. to his father, Larry, who passed today. Uh, Larry was a wrestler and also one of the most influential bookers in the South, and he gave us the gift that was his son. Ladies and gentlemen, please go do yourselves a favor and go look up Mr. Perfect throwing a football to himself <laughs> in which he throws the perfect spiral that is in the air for 30 seconds and he runs a full 80 yards and catches the ball. I don't think there's anybody to this day that could do that. And on top of that, if you say it's fake, there was no CGI in the 80s, so that was all real. <laughs> and let's not forget the home runs. Wait. The, let's, the home let's runs are real. Let's not talk about the home runs. Those let's are talk real. about the jump shots. Let's talk about spitting out his gum and slapping it. The towel catches. Oh, why not let's talk about the fact that Mr. Perfect is so perfect that he saved Jericho from breaking his neck in a match. 
Go watch the match where Mr. Perfect and Jericho wrestle, and Jericho goes for the moonsault off the ropes, and he's short, and Perfect pushes his knees out and catches Jericho on his back and flips him so he lands on face first in the mat so he doesn't break his neck. So, Mr. Perfect, one of the best gimmicks of all time. Um, there was just something about seeing a guy who was chiseled out of marble just doing whatever he wanted to do, and he was good at everything. So... Go back and watch those montages, and I don't care what nobody tells me. That wasn't fake. Kurt Henning is the man. Um, number three is the guy who pretty much was like, I would say, what, the first, like, drag queen or gay dude on TV? <laughs> like, just out there was Goldust. Like, his feud with Austin, um, his intro, his makeup, his costume, the creepiness. Um, the way he used to kick people in the nuts. Um, my mother used to complain and tell me to take off the TV anytime Goldust came on. And my mother was a religious woman, so I already knew that he was do- the gimmick was working because he was getting people tight. Because he was wild homo and just doing all this crazy shit. But shout out to Goldust, bro. Had one of the best suplexes in the game. The matches he put on in the 90s. And late 90s were great. I know a lot of people look at Goldust now and they see him with Mandy Rose and they say, like, who the fuck is this creep? But Goldust was a legit heel in the 90s. He's always been a legit wrestler. And I think now he's pretty much, like, the locker room leader in the WWE. So that's my top three. Yeah. Solid list. Um, to go off of uh, Mr. Perfect, not only was he like, one of the best gimmicks of all time, also one of the best wrestlers of all time. Oscar, yeah. One of the, the top intercontinental champions. Should have held. He had an AWA championship, if I'm not mistaken. We should have should have been WWE champion, but of course, the racist Mr. Hulk Hogan didn't want to work a fucking angle with him because he would be outshined like crazy. Um, yeah, Kel's uh, Doctor Thugonomics. I think one of my favorite. Also, when uh, when we all like reviewed who we were gonna talk about, I couldn't believe I freaking forgot to throw in uh, John Cena. Like I said before, he made me want pumps the Reebok pumps over uh, D Brown just like Shane McMahon made me want threes over Jordan (laughs) Um, (laughs) also Uh, I didn't put Cena on the list because I don't think that's a gimmick I think that's who he is and that's who he's always (laughs) going to be that's not a gimmick that was him okay when he free when he freestyle battled whoever the what was that wrestler he freestyle battled? What is the um? He, re- he one freestyle battled. One of the spirit squad. Yeah, whatever the hell his name was. Um, uh, what's his name? Fat, fabulous was too scared to. Answer oh, his fa- rap battle oh, let's challenge. not forget. Let's not forget right? that fabulous and Jay Z both they were scared. Him. They ducked him. They. <laughs> ducked him. I wasn't his, his album wasn't that bad though. His album is not. It's not even. You can't He's even a platinum say that. rapper. It's up. He's a platinum rapper. The album was five. The album was seven Timberlands. Like I like I said before, <laughs> the album was a masterpiece. It had one bad track, and even that bad track was great. Did you if guys, you, you, if you, you haven't listened, y'all seen the album? After you listen to Los Marcos podcast, of course, on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and Anchor, you can need to go listen to John Cena's album. You can't see me. Did, um, y'all saw him on the Jesus and Mero show when he did uh, his interview? On they Showtime asked, they, or on the Vice one? Uh, well, the Showtime was not out yet, on Vice. And um, they asked him about his album, and he just looked straight, like, dead, 
into the camera and he goes, yes, this is what a platinum rapper looks like. And then he gives like this awkward <laughs> smile out dying. <laughs> Justin was hilarious. Um, what a, what a, um, the Mr. Perfect gimmick was amazing too. Um, this is perfect. This is gold, bro. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And then, what was your last one, Kels? No, it was Goldust, bro. Oh, Goldust. Yeah, Goldust was just weird to me as a kid. <laughs> we used to, like, kind of, like, take his singlet off. That was, that was weird, man. Bro, Goldust. He used like... to get in trouble for doing that Goldust, like, Shout out, Mike. Shout out, Lou. <laughs> I always got in trouble for that at school, but it was worth it because Goldust was just a creepy dude in gold. Then the other thing was like I had older brothers who used to always pick on me, and you know, like Goldust's trademark move was like kicking niggas in the nuts. So I used to be like, "Yo, I could kick people in the nuts, bro. Like that's something I could do. I could low key be like Goldust and kick you in the nuts and then DDT you." And he had a DDT as one of his finishes. So you know, you guys know I love the DDT. So, yo, Gold, yo, listen, Goldust. And then look at who he has right now. He's got Mandy Rose. She's a vibe. So, you know, Goldust, Goldust is doing his thing. Still to this day. Oh, yeah, that, that's what I wanted to mention. <laughs> Goldust, um, John Cena went out of his way to work with Goldust at least one yes. time on Raw. Yes. I think maybe a year, a year and a half ago. It was ago, like a year ago. Around yeah. there. But, yeah, I think that was I think that was a John Cena thing that he personally wanted to at least work a match once in his career with uh, against Goldust. And it wasn't you got a bad match either. You gotta wrestle the roads if you're gonna be one of the goats. You have to. Yeah, it was it was a good match too. Again, one of those the matches where Cena can elevate talent, no matter who it is. All right, guys, let's talk. I guess wrestling this week. There's a lot of shit happening. A lot of things happening. But um, yes. I guess start off on the sad note. Like you said before, um. Kurt Henning's father passed away, and this week we also lost uh, Kid Dynamite. Yes. Now, now, isn't Kid Dy- like Kid Dynamite? I think we could put him in the same bracket as like the Ultimate Warrior, where like you got a lot of people who are saying like, "Oh, all these old, all these wrestlers like Kid Dynamite. What a great wrestler! He will be missed." Da, 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 da. I mean, but, Dynamite like, Kid, man. Yeah, whatever. Dynamite Kid doesn't matter. The <laughs> That's why is, I laughed. Uh, <laughs> kid Dynamite is like a fucking... I didn't, I didn't catch Dynamite that. Kid, the point is... <laughs> kid Dynamite was... is a rock group. Yeah. But Dynamite <laughs> Kid, right, is kind of one of those things. Is like, do you just like praise the wrestler or do you have to include his personal life? And this is like not even rumors. This is like shit that's in his book that he wrote himself. So... Like, obviously, we got to talk about, you know, he was a small guy. He was like, well, he was billed as 5'8", but I think he was actually 5'6", which is insane. Um, he was a champion in the WWF, but I think the thing that he's most famous for is wrestling, one of the first Americans to wrestle in Japan. Um, if you look up, just look up on YouTube, he's got matches with Tiger Mask, which are essentially what Oscar goes crazy for, which is like amazing technicality. And then even when he hurt his back after he came back, he was pretty dope and he was a good wrestler. But, like, do we bring up the fact that he was, like... Obviously, we could talk about roids and drugs, but everybody did that. But, like, there's, like, stories that he would, like, wake his wife up with a gun in her face. And, like, he broke 
his manager's daughter's legs because his manager didn't want to like file an insurance claim after he hurt his back. Are you talking about so big he... pun? The dynamite kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I think... No, because those are also the same things that happen with big pun. Oh. But like it's one of those things where like wrestlers pass and like I feel like people it's the same thing like that just happened with like George George Bush, you know, not to get on political and stuff, but like people are like praising old school nineties George Bush, but like people forget like, you know, he was a high key OD mass murderer of like Middle Eastern people and he supremely hated gay folks. So like do we is it like a balance or do we just like be like, Oh no, just just talk about wrestling, let's not talk about the personal stuff. Because WWE, you know the route they're gonna go. They're gonna go the wrestling route. Because look at they have Ultimate Warrior gets like an award, and he was saying crazy shit his whole time he was alive. But he cut a great promo the day before he died, and that's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Dynamite Kid was. I I obviously we're not of the age group to have watched him. So we, you know, go back YouTube, go back on the network and, and watch his work. He's was a great member of a tag team with the British Bulldogs. the British Bulldogs. They had great matches with the heart foundation. He was, he was probably one of the first guys with the British strong style. Or that's what they call it now. I don't know what, what they call it in W in WWE NXT UK, but he was one of the originators straight wrestlers. No, not a sports entertainer, a wrestler. And a legend, probably a bad human being from all accounts, but we're here to just talk about his in-ring ability, and you need to go back and watch him in-ring. Um, obviously, he had a great partner in Davey Boy Smith, who I think is another underrated wrestler because some people just shot out like he was just a steroid beast or that Bret Hart carried him. I... I'm a big Bret Hart mark, as is Varro, as is Kells. I don't feel like Bret Hart carried Davey Boy Smith. I feel like Davey Boy Smith did stuff on his own. So, R.I.P. to two great British wrestlers. Yo, Davey Boy Smith had braids. He's valid. So, you know. Yo, Davey, you wait, if you Davey, rock braids. Yo, Davey Boy Smith was <laughs> blasted when he had that match with uh, Bret Hart at SummerSlam or whatever it was. That's why he had to carry him. No, he was blasted, but he still did he, he did his thing. See, but Davy Boy Smith did it properly. He didn't do it like Jeff Hardy versus Sting. <laughs> where everybody was like, yo, this guy is smashed. Yeah, they didn't have to roll him up right away. <laughs> that's that's ain't sad. No, ain't no roll up. Sting hit, hit, Sting hit the, dope, the scorpion death drop and then had a push on that oh. pin. Yeah. No, remember, like, Jeff Hardy was, like, running around for 10 minutes, and then yeah. like, come over here, and, like, DDT'd him and pinned him. And ended yeah, up. Hardy was trying <laughs> to fight the pin, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, oh, I got, I, got, I got confused. I thought you were talking about RBD the last time we went to see him. Oh, no. Nah. Oh, Lord. That was, that was like, the fucking oh. old folks. When he walked around the ring for 10 He did the same thing. He walked around the ring for, like, 10 minutes. And we, all, we were all just waiting for his little RBD thing, and he wouldn't do it. He was so so high. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Jeff Hardy, I think real quick we need to segue into SmackDown with what happened at, at the end of SmackDown, or not the end of SmackDown when it was uh, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton, and Samoa Joe had cut another brilliant promo. Oh, that was amazing! That that promo where he was like jerk responsibly, 
Just fantastic. Uh, in, the, in the bar? Oh, you know, I miss those promos where they, like, go somewhere else to film them. Samoa Joe well, was a freaking bartender. <laughs> well, Samoa Joe was at um, Cesaro and Sheamus's bar, the same bar. But he was, that promo was just amazing. But, you know, good for, good for Samoa Joe to tell everybody to drink responsibly. I think that was very important. <laughs> Like, I know he was touching on Jeff Hardy's sobriety issues, but, like, just the fact that you're watching wrestling and somebody reminds you to drink responsibly, I think that's very important. And I like responsible heels. So, shout out to Mojo. Good come guy, on the podcast, Good guy, Samojo. Joe. Good guy, Joe. Come on the, come on, good come on the pod. <laughs> come, on the, come on the pod, Samoa. We need yeah, yeah, SmackDown was worth watching alone just for that promo. Uh, the main event wasn't too bad with Miz and AJ Styles. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I I love this heel vegan promo because it is exactly how most vegans are in real life. So I feel like it was. Well, that, that's what Kel I said. doesn't that's like what I, it. That's what I said a couple episodes it. ago. Wait, 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 wait! Don't, I have no problem all, with, with vegans. First of all, first of all, I, I hate I hate vegans. <laughs> first of all, first of all, you need you need to quote me correctly. You need to quote me correctly. There is no I don't like vegans. I hate vegans. Okay, as the only chef on this podcast, <laughs> all right, I highly, and I mean highly hate vegans. The amount of work that I have to do for a vegan is possibly the most annoying thing in the entire world. All right, there's, 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 there's like four basic things, right, as a cook, right? So you got salt, right? You got acid, you got fat, and you got heat. Right, fat is important. So, like, if I want to make something taste good, I put some butter on it. But I can't do that because it's a vegan dish, right? You know what I'm saying? So, if I want to crank up some heat, I really can't do that because I don't want to burn the veggies. And I could put some salt and pepper. But these vegans, bro, they—it's not even like a health thing now. It's like they're eating with their morals. And frankly, you shouldn't eat with your morals, okay? Vegans, I don't like y'all. I just put that out there. Daniel Bryan is not a real vegan. Look it up. When he's on the road full time, like he is now, he does not eat a vegan diet. He gives it up. All right? He's not a vegan full time. He only does that when he was on Total Divas and he's a douchebag. That was like his heel vegan gimmick. And then do yourselves a favor also and look up this guy on YouTube who was called Vegan Runner. And he was a vegan for a long time. And then he made an announcement that he didn't want to be a vegan no more. And people on his YouTube comment were posting the craziest comments against him. So like vegans are Nazis, bro. I'm just gonna put that out there. They're in the same. They're in the same realm. Yo, what's same up? realm. You are not gonna make me feel bad, bro, because I want a steak medium with a nice mushroom glaze and a nice wine on the side, bro. You're not gonna make me feel bad because I like chicken. Chicken is good. It's full of protein. It makes me like that stuff. Well, we're so, in a pele pele. So all you vegans out here who gotta eat mad carbs and y'all dumb fat. And all you vegans out here talk about, oh, I could get my protein from beans and peanuts and you dumb skinny. Come see me face to face. You could come talk to me and I will put you on why that vegan stuff is whack. All right. And Daniel Bryan, another hot take. I don't like Daniel Bryan. Didn't like him in the indies. Don't like him in WWE. The yes gimmick is trash. Team hell no is trash. Daniel Bryan, period, in my opinion, I don't like him. I don't like his look. I don't like his style. He's just like CM Punk. I don't like small guys who can't convince me. And I just don't like them. I do not like them at all. I don't like them at all. I think 
Daniel Bryan is like, once again, what I said last week or two weeks ago, Marks look at him and they go, I'm small. <laughs> I have a beard. I don't look like I can wrestle, but Daniel Bryan wrestles, so I'm going to be a fan. So once again to you, Marks, eat a proper diet, take a bath, buy some proper clothes, buy some real sneakers, you know, go to the bar, talk to women, and maybe you'll get some buns. But until then, <laughs> vegans and Daniel Bryan, not fucking with y'all. Not fucking with y'all at all. And I'm done. Back to my I, wine. I agree with everything besides the shower part. <laughs> It's 2018. If I don't want to shower, I don't need to. You're wilding right now for respect. You're wilding for respect right now. Oh, man. Um, What were were we talking about? (laughs) We talked about SmackDown and how it was actually worth watching. Unlike... Well, SmackDown's always always, always worth watching. But Raw... Did anyone watch Raw this week? Because I didn't. The the only reason Raw was worth watching, though, is because one of our... I think I would say... I would say the Los Michaels loves this guy is retiring actually one of our favorite wrestlers oh, or most yes. memorable wrestlers is retiring so did, did y'all know that he was gonna well we're, we're talking about Rhino but um I didn't I didn't know, know. but I thought he was getting that, like, traded to Smackdown that's what I thought it was but I think what happened was that he decided to retire so then WWE came up with the Slater Rhino match but then they're saying that he's retiring at the end of the year so I think he's still slated or billed on house shows up until the end of the year and then he's gonna retire Okay. Yeah, I thought I thought it was gonna be like a push for Heath Slater, and I was I was excited. I was like, all right, finally. <laughs> Get out I mean, of here with that. I mean, Jinder Mahal went on to be the champion. Uh, oh Drew man, McIntyre champion eventually will be a WWE champion, Universal champion. So the last man from the three MB. I was like, all right, Heath Slater, Heath Slater's turn. And then, like, half an hour later, it's like, oh, Rhino's retiring. And then I was like, oh, that's why Heath Slater was on Raw this week. But, um, but it, yeah, Rhino, Rhino was fun to watch as a kid. Um, when he gored Chris Jericho and he had to change oh, his back Oh, yes. Brilliant. Yes. But, when, but he I think... go- when he gored the shopping cart with oh. that hardcore match with Raven, oh, also brilliant. <laughs> He was he was a beast when he was ECW champ too, bro. Before the WWE um, purchase, he was amazing. That dude was something else. Like, like, but the crazy thing is, you think about it, it's like Rhino's retiring, but then like Sabu is still out here, like killing himself every week at like and random house shows in the middle of nowhere. Rhino's not even that old. He's only like he's only forty three, which is ridiculous considering that he was a member of the original ECW. That means he was in his early twenties yeah. during the ECW run, which is Mind blowing, but he was like, like he was a short guy, but the amount of power in his spear, and he put on some good matches. Like I know a lot of people, they look at Rhino and they just see him as like the spear guy, but like Rhino is a high key legend. Like a lot of those matches on ECW that, you know, you would have to like buy like VHS tapes or like go on the like um, illegal box and wait till like two in the morning to see ECW on TV. He had a lot of fucking good matches. And there's there's a reason why he was in WWE as long as he was because he he's he's a vet. You can't you can't. It's kind of sucks that he's gone because remember he had didn't he have a match with Roman Reigns one time or am I bugging? Uh, I don't I don't remember that. Let me see. Am I bugging? I mean, no, they um 
His most uh, the most recent thing I remember they did was the tag title run, which he gave birth to probably one of my favorite recent gimmicks, the I Got Kids gimmick. With oh, Slater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a great gimmick and then they went on to be the SmackDown tag champs. But that's like the last thing I remember Rhino doing WWE wise. I don't know if he no, had I that match kids. with Reigns. That, no, that's no, a, that's a funny he, gimmick. No, he didn't he didn't have a match with Reigns on Bucking. That was that was just me. I that was cause um I just looked at my YouTube history. I was watching some like um WWE video game and somebody playing Rhino versus Reigns. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those 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 2K19 storylines are so real, bro. You listen, think, you think it's Raw or SmackDown? It's better. There's a lot of better booking on YouTube than there is on the real WWE. I'm just gonna say that right now, you know. But for anybody who doesn't really know about Rhino, you know, let's just you know educate some people so they can know if you really want, um, pretty much the best Rhino match or some of the best Rhino matches. Um, one of the matches that Rhino has that's really good is um, Oscar made a point to it. Uh, where is it? I gotta find it. I have it somewhere on my playlist on YouTube with like wrestling matches. Um, sorry guys, you can hear me clicking. Um, like oh, there you go. The Raven, the Raven versus Rhino match, which is for the Hardcore Championship at Backlash, which is a good match. There is also a squash match between Rhino versus Samoa Joe, which is interesting to watch. There's also because Rhino actually wrestles a lot this year. He's got like a match versus Braun Strowman, um, you know. And then he did have the NXT run, which is pretty dope. And then he wrestled Elias as well. So Rhino in WWE in this year, he's had some pretty good matches. But I remember him as ECW champion. I remember him as the Hardcore Title Champion with the 24-hour rule, and he had one of the best gores or spears of all time. So shout out to Rhino, great career. Yeah. Um, now, was there anything else to talk about about uh, Raw? Or well, I feel like that was the only thing. Ryan, one more thing about Ryan though. He was um he took part of he was part of that um was it WrestleMania 17 TLC match? He used to be the manager for um yes Edge and Christian. Yes. So he was mm-hmm. part of that historic match, which is pretty cool. He carried um he carried Christian right on his back to get yeah he carried Christian to the top of the ladder to get to grab the titles. He was involved in the finish. That's cool. Now, I know Oscar said if there's anything that we should talk about with this Raw match, with this Raw over this week, but um, let's just make sure that everybody realizes that the reason Raw was so bad this week was because Vince McMahon decided to rewrite Raw three hours before it actually started, according to Dave Meltzer. So, typical Vince. But what happened? Let me see. Dean Ambrose came out looking like Bane. Nah, he looked like a, um, I saw a tweet that he looked like a Fortnite character. I don't play Fortnite, but apparently, if you watch apparently he Dark looked like Knight, a Fortnite character. If you watch Dark Knight Returns, he had the same coat, he had a mask, and then for some reason, um, Finn Balor interrupted the Ziggler McIntyre match. Where I think because Ziggler tried to attack McIntyre, McIntyre is somehow a face, but McIntyre is just naturally a heel. So I don't understand how that works. Oh no, I I watched that segment. Um, they I were having like, like a little bullshit McIntyre appreciation thing, and it was getting yeah. like a good amount of heat. And then Ziggler came, and he like called them out for basically a, like not being his friend anymore or whatever, abandoning him. And they had a match, and Finn Balor came because they they were feuding. I don't know, it's like a clusterfuck. But that's Vince McMahon booking man. But. 
this is this is once again it goes back to the typical McMahon thing where he's like like I think anybody outside of Vince McMahon would understand that the best way to get somebody to be liked is you turn them heel first and then you turn them face. So for example, the one time that it worked in the past three years is with the new day. Right? You know? So why would you turn Drew McIntyre face? Drew McIntyre the past three weeks or four weeks have has been cutting promos like I'm next, I'm the future of the company. No, he's, I'm he's the not, best. he's not a face. They're I, not they're he, not booking him as a face. Yeah, that was like a th- Baron Corbin like thing. It, it was a heel thing. It wasn't. They're not booking but, him as a face. But but it goes back to the whole like um, David Shoemaker, who once again I shot off for the second week in a row. Shot David Shoemaker, but like David Shoemaker, on one time had wrote, written an article where like WWE doesn't really have faces or heels. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like like if McIntyre is being attacked by his friend, that would make Ziggler the heel. But McIntyre. Is just a heel, period. So you can't face him even if you try. There's no way to turn that guy face. No, no I don't. I just think it's because you didn't. Did you didn't watch the segment, right? Do you really think he could be a face? In my, in your opinion, Mark? who McIntyre? Yes, he's not a face. They're not booking him as a face. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The yeah, but he cut a promo then on Dolph Ziggler, telling him you were holding me down, like I held you up, and then the crowd was supposed to feel sorry for Ziggler, and he's the face. I just felt like, like that's there was what a, they tried to do. It, it didn't really work, but that's what I'm saying. That's what they it tried didn't to really do. work. Yeah. It felt like a double a double turn that didn't work out. Then you throw Finn in there, and it's just like, what the hell are they doing? But then later in the show, uh, McIntyre attacked Finn in the back, and it's like knocked yes. him out. So yeah. still heel, I guess, because Finn Balor's the perfect, I guess, WWE face. Um, in terms, merch, is... in terms of merch selling and stuff, yeah, but he's, kids he's... like him. He has that uh, Balor Club for Everybody shirt that he wears. Well, isn't Balor officially like the the, the official gay spokesperson for WWE? Even though he's, you know, I'm just saying. I guess right. Yeah, they don't have yeah. anybody else. Yeah, they don't have anybody. Sonya Deville, Goldust. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I know that we all have feelings about Raw and SmackDown, and Raw and SmackDown probably suck. So, speaking of feelings, I think um, we—I uh, don't know if anybody has watched it, but uh, Mr. Eric Bischoff uh, gave a TED talk on November 10th about how apparently wrestling is everything, or wrestling in the news is everything. It's the same thing in one. Um, did you guys watch the TED Talk? Yes. Yes. How, how did, did you think he made valid points, or how did you feel about the TED Talk? I think what he said was common, common nature, common law. Like you should know that that news media's they are no longer in the middle. Whatever you watch is either skewed to the left or skewed to the right, and that was one of the points he was making about that. Um, it, it's about making you feel something. Like when he came out, he cut like a heel promo about oh why don't you come up here and fight me to to one of the one of the members in the crowd and they didn't they didn't quite get it until he started talking more and then understand like the media wants you to feel it's no longer about having you having you think for yourself it's about yo you're gonna feel this way because we're telling you to feel this way which is how pro wrestling is so i thought it was a a great ted talk but to me it was like as a wrestling fan it was like oh it's common knowledge like 
every time I watch, every time I watch, whether it's CNN or MSNBC, Al Jazeera is the only one I know that's actually like down the middle. Most of them are just or Fox News. They're gonna skew you to the left or to the right. So it's kind of hard for you now to make your own decisions unless you know you do your own research. A lot of us don't, which is why, sadly, in this world, we're, there's people who have arguments for like ninety hours on social media about who's right or who's wrong. My page also has that, but I'm usually right. So that's that's just me. Um, yeah, I, I think that if you're not a wrestling fan and you watch that TED Talk, you kind of get like a, back I guess, backdoor uh, preview of what goes on in wrestling and then how it's grown to influence other outlets, other medias. Like he was saying that wrestling wants to make you feel feel something so the news now they have like debates like it's not even like news news anymore like people sit there on cnn or whatever news network you watch and they tell you how they feel about the news they don't necessarily just report the news anymore and that's what's been going on in uh pro wrestling since the start of pro wrestling yeah i think that like, even when you look at it, when you watch the news, right, like, even if something that, like, we know is, like, total cut and dry, they'll still, like, find somebody on the opposite spectrum just to have a debate for no reason. So, like, even stuff like, I remember New York Times got criticized because they hired some guy who was, like, against climate change. And it was, like, they did it just to, like, have, a like, a heel on the fucking, on their um staff. And I think there's a quote where it's like uh, 2016 when Trump was running, like I think it was like in July, Newt Gingrich, he was like, feelings are just as valid as facts. Because they were talking about crime and the the reporter was like, yeah, but crimes are da- crime has been down for 20 years. And she's like, and he's like, well, people feel like they're in danger and feelings are just as valid as facts. And, you know, you talk about feelings, but I think that right now people really aren't feeling no pun intended, um, Raw or SmackDown, because, and what was it, Raw, was it last week or this week? It was, like, the lowest rated um, Raw, Raw ever. ever. Yeah. Yeah, that was this week, I think. I, th- I think people are just fucking tired of this shit, to be honest. You know why? Because McMahon's losing his mind, and he's still writing the f- fucking promos the same way fucking... Ronald Reagan lost a mind, lost his mind, and still ran his country. <laughs> Yo, deep, deep cut conspiracy theory that Ronald Reagan had Alzheimer's in his other term, Barrow. I, I mean, Oscar, I like that. I like <laughs> that. He a did. Lot. Nancy ran I the like country. I like that. I like that a lot. High key. Let's let's not forget that Reagan had Alzheimer's when he was president, bro. Let's not forget that <laughs> Space Force. Um, crack is whack. Stop doing drugs. Let's put crack in neighborhoods and get black people arrested. I don't want to go too deep into conspiracy theories on politics, but still, Oscar, I'm very happy. Speaking, I'm very speaking, that up. speaking of conspiracy theories, shout out to the God. I don't agree with any of his theories, but he's still the man, and he's how being. It's it's basically how being Cal's act that we podcast. Alex motherfucking Jones. I I am I'm okay. First of all, I'm just gonna come out on this pod and say this right now. Alex Jones is a fucking nutcase. Alright, I'm gonna let you guys know. I agree. I don't have a supplement company that I'm trying to push that supposedly protects you against liberals. 
So I am not Alex Jones. I do though. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter and Instagram if you want. If you want any of these supplements. But but I know that you did say that Vince is losing his mind. But Vince is not losing his mind essentially because Vince is signing everybody. So he's not losing his mind. Yeah, because Triple H is like sign him, sign him, Daddy O. <laughs> I think I think I know Oscar. Me and Varo listen to other podcasts. Oscar doesn't, but like Dave Shoemaker said some sh- said something. Yo, shout out to Dave Shoemaker. This is third time today, but he he stated in his podcast on the Mass Man podcast that um, if you are a a male who is over six feet with abs and you're not signed by WWE, you should be ashamed at this point <laughs> because they're literally signing everybody. Charles, that's you. That's you. Listen, bro, I got kids, I got a wife, and if I'm on the road 300 days a year, I'm guaranteed to get divorced. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Work-life balance is very important to me, and my and my life gives me, my job right now gives me a very good work-life balance. And shout-out to my job because I got promoted again for the second time in six months, but we're not going to talk about that. The bag is coming. Um, and speaking of bags, Vince McMahon once again offered the bag to um, one of the biggest British wrestlers in Walter. Um, Walter is German, but he does wrestle in British um, promotions. And then also Ring of Honor gave the bag to PCO, who is uh, one of the 90, former Quebecers. Years old, 95 one, years old. One of the Quebecers. Why, why, why would anybody want the combined washness of The Undertaker and The Big Show in human form <laughs> to wrestle for their company? He's why? not human! Why? He's not human. All oh, right, he's not. He's, he's not, not human. Yeah, I forgot. But you I know think- what he is? Basura. Basura. <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna keep it a hundred. When we was at that house show and PCO did that fucking um jump off the top rope where he almost died, I kind so. of like was like, Yo, I I banged with this old man out here doing what he gotta do. He's getting a check. I can't hate on old people getting a check, bro. Oh, he's the he's the, <laughs> the remember the movie The Wrestler. Yes, he is. Yeah, yo, that's facts. Oh shit, that's facts. That he's is facts. Li- oh wow, that movie's based on his life. Yeah, because yeah. he's, he's not a drug addicted fool. The, I don't the know. I don't of, know that. The wrestler is based off of like fucking Sabu, and everyone else from ECW is still going. It's really Terry Funk because Terry Funk is like eighty three. <laughs> yeah, lost his whole family and everything, and still going. But now, now we're talking about WWE signing everybody and PCO um, being signed by Ring of Honor, and then Ring of Honor trying to sign guys. But apparently now there's. Uh, rumors coming out that WWE is tampering with signed wrestlers, which is like super. Like this is like brings back like 1990s WCW stuff. What they were doing, what they did with Nash Hall. What Hart. did WCW do? Um, w- <laughs> Nothing. Du- Nothing. They signed talent when they were contracts were up. I don't Bullshit. Hear- Bullshit. Because if you go back and you, there are interviews with Nash with Hall. Assist- with heart, <laughs> where they were calling WCW Bischoff was calling dudes up and was like, "Yo, how much you make now?" And they were like, "I make this much." And Ted Turner was like, "Yo, I'll double it, plus creative control, plus you get this many days off." And dudes was like, "I right, when my contract runs out, I'm out." So, so because because you supposedly say that people were signed when they were free agents. So when Brett calls Vince up and says, "I want twenty million because WCW offered me this much." Before his contract was up a week before, WCW was tampering. Nothing but like now, nothing illegal. Now, now my question is: Do you think that 
it's okay? Like, do you think it's okay for WWE tampering, or do you yeah, think it's, a, it's illegal as fuck? Or, 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 seriousness, or those side? Nah, I, I think it's BS that they're tampering with these signed wrestlers because a lot of these guys will give up their everything to go to WWE, and it's not fair to the company that has them now. But my question is, why would like like I just want to put myself in the shoes of an independent wrestler? Like, obviously, yeah, you don't have like you don't make crazy amounts of money, but like. Do these wrestlers even think about like, oh, I'm gonna go to WWE and like end up in the mid card, or do you think it's like an ego thing where they're like, I'm gonna go to WWE, WWE and make it big? Because look at for some example, for somebody like Apollo Cruz, who in the Indies was like a darling, and then now he's like just buried. Uh, a lot of guys, I feel. I mean, we all feel that way. You go to a new job, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go over here and kick ass, and then you get stuck in HR for fucking 15 years, like. <laughs> <laughs> It happens, bro. Like, it happens. Like, you go, you go to a new job. You think, oh, I'm gonna take over the world, and then reality hits you, and you're just waiting for a fucking retirement. Is that is that like the twenty year specialist in active duty? Basically, it's just it's, it's really what happens in life. So I can't blame them. A, like you said, they're chasing the bag, and B, it's like, oh no, I'm not gonna be like these other guys stuck in the mid card, or and they end up like the Balor Club, and you like, who are you now? You you call you you shout out and call people nerds and then you get buried with the ascension in the tag team division. Like, things happen. Like at the end of the day, I'd rather be miserable and get money than be than be you know normal and not get money. But like just for example, right? What if what if like our favorite wrestler right now, Los Marcos, darling, Los Marcos, Killer Cross, baby, no, and, not Killer Cross, Andrade. The guy, the, oh. guy, the guy that we own real estate that we're developing property on Darby Island Island. Just imagine if he went to WWE and they buried him in 205. I would fucking cry, bro. I would cry too, but that would. But then oh, I would they would, they would definitely. That's true. I would watch 205 live. <laughs> but I don't but watch it now. He would be buried. He would be buried. Or. Or he would do a coffin drop on everybody, and he 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 challenge he does the 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 whatever open challenge Seth Rollins he beats Seth Rollins and he becomes a thirty time heavyweight champion. And yeah, we're happy. he would have to bulk up a lot. He would have to bulk up. He's way too skinny. Beca- yeah, he's because really because skinny. the thing is, we're like we gotta take this back to nineteen twenties, bro. We we can't be having Vince McMahon, JFK. I mean, um, not um Rockefeller in wrestling. We don't want monopolies in wrestling. Like oh. it's bad. I, I, it is bad, and I, Impact really needs to find a new home because Pop with this 10 p.m. on Thursdays, whack, is ridiculous. Impact. And it was a great episode la- last night, but it, it it ended at freaking midnight. What oh, would be Killer Cross going face? Shout out to Killer Cross. Killer Cross, yes. He saved the La Huera, right? Yeah, he he saved the girl that that plays a Mexican girl on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think what would be dope though is like seeing as WWE is leaving to Fox, I like, like it would be dope to see somebody like if USA picked up Impact. But I would love to see something like maybe like ESPN picking up a promotion and putting them. But I think ESPN has ESPN has DNA. Years ago, it was on ESPN yes. too. Yes, 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 yes. But I think like, like you said, Impact is putting on some dope product. Ring of Honor puts on dope product. PWG, Evolve. Like, there's a lot of other promotions that if they just had a TV deal, it would be great. But I think that, like, NJPW had, like, momentum the first, like, last year when they did the show in L.A. 
and they had their streaming service. Like, if we got a New Japan um, promotion signed to a major TV station, I think that would change the game. Because I think at this point, when we look at Raw SmackDown and they suck, it's because, like, they have no competition. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, whatever. People are still going to watch it anyway. See you next Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, like like I said in the chat, um, our chat, when you threw out all that news about these new these other promotions and stuff, so I said, you know, the more comp- if WWE finally has competition, maybe they'll step up their product again. Because right now, Vince is like, they watch or they don't watch. It doesn't matter because they're they're not gonna go anywhere else. They have to come back to me. Like we we watch. Like you said, you said it before. Like, oh, Raw sucked this week. I'm not gonna watch next week. And what are we doing Monday at eight o'clock? We, <laughs> I don't watch. We turn the TV on and we watch fucking I Raw. Did. I ha- I had it on as background noise. I like, went to sleep. I still go on Hulu and watch it. Yeah. I don't care. You have to watch it. No. It's like you can't help it. You want to stay away and like not give him your money, but you end up doing it anyways because we don't know any better. WWE is your toxic ex girlfriend who got the firebox. <laughs> that you're like, yo, she's causing me mad problems. She throws <laughs> drinks in my face. She comes to my house and argues with me. She accuses me of cheating on her. She slept She's with like, someone in my squad. She what? slept with my homeboy in my squad, but her box is fire. And I have to, and you keep going back. That's what you WWE look, is. You gotta look past, you gotta look past, you know, little discrepancies in life. But WWE, that, that's what WWE is. WWE is the joint with the firebox that slept with your boy in your squad. And this is a reference to anybody who's in the military that you got the one thought that sleeps with everybody. But she's like your boy's girl, but everybody beat. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. But still, like. Malina? Shout out, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Jody. I mean, no, Jody is wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Jody's the guy coming over when you leave on, <laughs> when you leave you. when you leave on deployment. No, but sometimes you Jody, baby. Be yeah, like sometimes that. you are. Yeah, it'd be like that. It's 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 the Jody circle is um constantly circular. It just goes. And everyone who says, "Oh, I've never been Jody," you just didn't know you were Jody, my B. You just didn't know. That movie, Dear John, is facts. Facts, all facts. F a c t s, not f a x. I'm o- facts. I'm only saying this because I was in the platoon. With, uh, what's his name? <laughs> what's that dude's name? The Dear John guy? I forget his name already. You were in the platoon with the Dear John guy. That is actually true. That's not even a lie. So, <laughs> people need to look that up. Oscar is part of, like, emotional movie history on that one. Every, every movie, Black Hawk Down, I was in it. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all right, no, but not... Shout out Black Hawk Down, Seth Mountain. I was actually in Seth Mountain Division. But, um, let's... Let's roll. Let's keep going with with um. Talk about these leagues. Let's talk about all elite wrestling. And you, I know you guys touched upon it last week, but yeah, bro. Co- Cody was in was seen in the uh, owner's box with my boy Shad Khan, owner of the trash Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Shad, if you are listening to this podcast, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you should not spend all your cap space on a defense that's aging, and you should not sign Blake Bortles to an $18 million contract because he is garbage. Um, but you should go into the business with the Rhodes family and you should start a promotion that will possibly have a lineup of Rhodes, 
the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, which is actually not a bad start. Um, apparently, the copyright was already filed. The website is filed. And a lot of people are keeping this on the hush-hush, but I think All Elite Wrestling is possibly a thing and will be a thing in the future. And I don't know what your guys' excitement level is, but I think my excitement level is possibly like an 11 out of 10 for this because this is what we need. Yeah, I just I just want more competition for WWE. So any any promotion that can maybe like get Vince nervous. But um I think like you said, you start off with the Young Bucks, the hottest, I guess, tag team in the world to Marks cuz I I still don't get it. Um Cody Rhodes is good and then Kenny Omega I kind of get the hype behind them. I still not. Whoa, 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 I feel like I just want to see Kenny Omega against his dad Jerry Lynn, and I'll be happy. That's not his father. They they look like. If you don't want me to throw my wine glass across my wall right now, you're gonna take that take back because Kenny Omega and Jerry Lynn are two opposite people. Stop. They look exactly the same. They look the same because Kenny Omega is a fucking blue-eyed, blonde-haired babyface. But Kenny Omega, I'm going to say it again, is the best fucking wrestler in wrestling. I don't want to hear from anybody. Um, He's not, though. Okay. What are you going to say? Fucking Cero Miedo? Uh, (laughs) Ben said this. Yeah, because he's fat. That's why you like him. It's not because it's not because he's good, because he's fat. Okay, Brian Cage is better. All right, you know what? Oh, I'm done. Oh, Brian Cage, fake Brock Lesnar, fucking no. Oh no, Brian Cage <laughs> is a thousand times better than Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Fuck Brian Cage here. is definitely better. Brian, Brian Cage is a beast. Brian Cage, yo, Brian Cage is a beast. He does flips. Oh, he does the flippy floppy. Remember when I proposed this uh, pick up oh, Survivor at me. Series I'm team from Omega, and I play arrows. My, one of my picks was gonna be uh, Brian Cage. Yeah, Kenny Omega points arrows when he's about to hit you with a fucking V trigger, and then in a one wind angel. Stop! I'm tired of this fucking Michaels two thirds hating on Kenny Omega. I'm really over this. <laughs> but if we just don't think nah, he's we don't the best, I'm not hating on him. I just don't. I don't think he's the I, I gotta best. I got to watch more of him. I guess. Go watch his matches against Okada, against Styles. The dude puts on. Fucking, bro, he got six stars from Meltzer last year, bro. The only six-star match of the year was fucking Omega. Stop the fucking Omega. That's because he has really... a freaking Japanese fetish or some shit, man. He, he speaks... First of all, there's no fetish. A... Kenny Omega I'm, speaks no, Japanese. No, I'm, I'm talking about Dave Meltzer, not, not Kenny Omega. Oh, oh, first of all, don't you disrespect Dave Meltzer the guy, has Dave Meltzer. Ch- ch- Ex- Japanese fetish. He makes He's obsessed up for, with the Tokyo he makes up Dome. Not thinking a Japanese he, fetish thing is a thing. Wait, wait. He adds so a you star. guys, so so you guys are gonna sit here and tell me that, for example, Japanese strong style is not a better style than WWE's style right now. Where, if any of us who have been watching wrestling for fifteen to twenty years can sit down and call a match as it's happening, because I've done that. You probably you guys have done it. Oh you yeah, we we can next. we can do it. And I can do it with a Japanese strong style too. 40, 45, 45 finishers in the row. They're going to kick out 45 times in the row. And then finally, the 46 finisher is going to be the, the pin. I, I'd rather watch British strong style. That's, I'm not I think actually, that's because it's a style not, I haven't watched more. I, I kind of do like it. I'm not going to argue with that take because British strong style is dope. Yeah. I'm not even going to argue with that take. British strong style is perfect. 
I won't even argue with that. UK, you know the UK, you know they put on in dope. Crime rap, holla at me. Which what? one? Crime rap. Oh, um, fucking Stormy's is the man. Stormy's and Skepta all day. Grime rap is great. That's like, listen, for anybody who 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 thinks like we're hood, go listen to like UK hood rap. That's even hooder than the hood that we're from. And their projects are called Estates. Fire. <laughs> Fire. But yeah, uh, Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers in the oh, world. Big pop, I just pop. don't think he's the best. <laughs> but I think the fact that Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks were able to do all in and they were able to sell out and do it off their own money. Just imagine the promotion or what they can put together with the backing of an actual billionaire. You know, Shad Khan is smart because he just pretty much is recruiting guys who have the wrestling brains and the wrestling acumen and saying, hey, listen, you guys give me the blueprint, you give me the plan, and all I'm going to do is fund it. But it's, so a, it's, Shad, it's his son, right? That's like the wrestling mark? Well, that wants to do it. Shad's son is a mark, but apparently Shad also likes wrestling. Oh, okay. but he remember Shad is like British, so Shad is like into the UK wrestling scene. Like I personally, it's the thing is, is like it's 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 a smart decision because if you go back to the Bischoff podcast, what did he say? He said wrestling has a six point five billion dollar market cap, and that market cap can be split. And the fact that, for example, all elite. I think all elite. The difference they're gonna do is that they're gonna probably go more for the British side and then include the American side, or I guess the European side, which is gonna be two continents versus Vince, where he's like, you know, just America and then everywhere else. I think I think what happens is like the indie feel or the feel of a bunch of indie guys being backed by a billionaire is kind of cooler than a billionaire just signing a bunch of your indie guys and burying them. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, it, I get it, it. Like, people are going to want to check in more to that because I think there's kind of a there's, a... there's a respect for the talent. Where I feel like when you watch WWE and you see, like, your favorite guys get signed, there's no respect. So, like, when I watch WWE and the way they've treated, like, for example, somebody like Shane Almas, like, Shane Almas is the man. Like, he's dope. Like, why would you treat somebody like that like Pete like you're putting him on pre-shows and like giving him nothing like it's it's disrespectful so hopefully all elite does it correctly because like they've if Cody's running it I think it'll do well I think it'll do well yeah I think talent wise I think they're, they're not gonna have an issue attracting talent I think a lot no. of these wrestlers are are gonna be excited about being in on like the the ground I guess uh the ground break like break ground with a new promotion and like be part of the beginning of something maybe that could turn into a, a, like a prime player in the wrestling industry. Yeah, it's probably like I feel like All Elite, and this is a hot take. You guys can quote me on it two, three years from now. I think All Elite will more than likely be the WCW of 2000s of this era. Oscar, so. you okay? <laughs> My heart just stopped. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm alive right now. But um, I think yeah, I, I agree. I think it can be. Uh, it 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 looks like they'll have a solid undercard because the indie wrestlers who don't want to get mistreated from WWE will probably go there. It, it, the, what what was that a the ring? What, what, what the what is going on here? Oh no, that was a pen hitting my wine glass. Sorry guys. 
I was I like, thought, there's I, a 10 count? I thought our opening sound drop, uh, <laughs> I was like, wait, I have to edit that in. <laughs> wait, you got, you guys want me to do it again? Watch, I'll do it again. Watch, one second, watch this. Wait, is it? Trash. No, it, didn't, it didn't work, it didn't work. You got it. Oh. All right. That's botch. a once in a lifetime botch. Thing. <laughs> botch. Nope. It was a botch. It didn't work. Botch mania. <laughs> but listen, um, any of the podcast listeners, if you guys are into wine, give me some recommendations. So, yeah. If you're into water, give me some recommendations. I'm not, I'm not about. I am not about any life anymore. That's not podcast or work related. But um, speaking of Kenny Omega, let's talk about possibly a documentary. I don't know how solid oh, yes. these sources are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be. I well, no, I don't. I don't think it's it's it, it, it's like a thing. I think it's actually that. I don't think that's like a joke. Except for release, I think this month, right? H- it's right here. Um, HBO. Wrestling Inc. HBO reportedly working on a Kenny Omega documentary. Um, it says um, HBO found major success with the documentary on the WWE Hall of Famer Andre the Giant, which was co-produced by my boy Bill Simmons. Shout out to boy Bill Simmons. Um, and it's revealed that the documentary will air in early 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I watched I watched the Andre the Giant. Um, documentary this past weekend, and I really, I really enjoyed that. So, a documentary about Kenny Omega, made to me, it's going to be all new info because I'm not, I haven't like followed him throughout Japan and stuff. I only know like a lot of his recent stuff, so I'm excited to watch. I'm excited for the documentary, especially because it's as good as the Andre the Giant one. The Andre the Giant one was fantastic. I'm excited to watch it on one of your HBO accounts because I don't have HBO. Oh, I, had, I had free HBO on Hulu. I did that one week trial, <laughs> so I got everything. I watched as much as I could. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for the Kenny Omega thing to get that one week. Thing. Did you? Did you guys? Did you watch uh, Kirby Enthusiasm seasons one through nine? So you know you should watch that. But I think that's on Amazon Prime, isn't it? No, it's on HBO, bro. Don't do that. Don't disrespect uh, the great. Um, no, they have Larry David. They have a bunch of HBO shows on. If you have Amazon Prime, you get like Amazon Video. I'm pretty sure Kirby. Curb is on there. So, if you guys have Amazon Prime, check it out. They got the wire. Like you can watch the wire on there. If you don't have Amazon Prime right now, you're like really missing out on two day on two day shipping. Amazon Video and there's a bunch of HBO shows. You high key was not lying because I can actually watch seasons of Curb on it. Because I can watch Curb all day. Curb is to me after Seinfeld the like the second best comedy show of all time. So yeah, but yeah, guys, if you have the, Amazon Prime, check out Amazon Video. There's a lot of stuff on there. My kids watch Amazon Video, torture me with these uh, Baby Shark videos. <laughs> Everybody knows what that is. So you know, but um, um, let me see what else. Speaking of uh, wrestlers signing to things. Apparently, Jack Swagger has been uh, confirmed for his Bellator fight. Apparently, his Jack Swagger is an MMA fighter now. Bellator fight, yes. Oh, Lord. I think he's going to get knocked the fuck out. I, um, well, except he's going to burst. Yeah, somebody watched. He's like 0-1, and he's ranked like 79th in his state or some shit like that. And he's so. 41 years old. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's some Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz garbage. <laughs> that's gonna be bad cause Swagger actually looked good when we went to go watch his match against RVD yeah he looked really lean and uh, cut which was weird cause I, I had never seen him in that shape when he was at 
WWE. No, he was fat. He was always like skinny fat. That's that's like one of Oscar's boys though. He loves swagger. We the people gimmick was dope. I don't love swagger. I just like saying <laughs> we the people. <laughs> we just like yelling we the people. <laughs> I I don't think I've ever. I, me and Bob know each other for like five six years. I think that was the happiest we've ever seen each other. <laughs> when we said the we the people thing. <laughs> and me and Bob have been to actual like WWE pay per views, and nothing took away the happiness of us being able to say we the people. Uh, when Naka, when Naka won the Royal Rumble, we were kind of hyped. That was that was cool. I think we also oh. realized his future, though. <laughs> oh yeah, Nakamura the dick kicker. <laughs> Fucking WWE, great booking on that one. Ruined some classic matches. It's kind of sad. You go watch the like Styles versus o- versus Nakamura and NJPW, and then you watch Styles versus Nakamura and WWE, and you go, "What the f is going on here?" Yeah, they botched that. I was I I went to Mania and like I was in the arena. I was in the arena. I was like, "This match is trash," and I was telling everybody. I was telling everybody there, and they're like, "No, this is a good match. This is a good match." I was like, "How drunk are you guys?" Or like, "What are you watching?" Because that yo that whole match was garbage. I hated it. I hated it. And then the heel turn kind of like, I was like, "Well, I guess," but it that saved match it a little bit. Trash. That yeah. match is trash. I haven't re- I haven't even rewatched that match. I would never rewatch. I rewatched re-watch a little bit of Mania, but that I was like, nah, I'm, I'm skipping that. Good job, WWE. No. You ruined Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke is just waiting to go back to New Japan or all of the wrestling. He he needs a change of scenery. Change of scenery's help the way they've helped. Yo, who's the lion tamer? That uh, big Papa Pump. Coming over? <laughs> Yo, I'm I'm in Harlem right now. El Barrio. You want to call it Spaha? Come through. Call it Spaha. See what happens. But yeah, um, let's talk about another guy who, thankfully, went somewhere else and has let his career rejuvenate again for the one millionth time. Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Yeah, he's well, he he supposedly is in talks with Impact, right? Yeah, that is the big rumor of the day. Jesus, a technical wrestler going to impact. Could Oscar's boner get any bigger? <laughs> like right now, it's almost visible, which is ridiculous. I know. How, ha- how happy are you now, right now? I- I'm a big Chris Jericho guy. I'm an impact guy as well. I could see him putting on great matches to get that to get the impact title. Uh, him against Brian Cage would be great. Him against Johnny Impact. He could teach guys like Moose how to move better in the ring. Teach guys like Killer Cross. He could work with um, uh, Evan Evan Bourne. I always forget his impact name. I, Matt I feel Seidel. like he, Matt Seidel. I feel like he'll be he'll be able to put on great matches in, in impact, and he'll be able to be a real leader, which that locker room needs. Because I don't know who the veteran is right now. It seems like it's what, Impact and Sammy Callahan. Like, <laughs> are those like the big veterans? Conan doesn't okay. count because he's not Sammy. a wrestler. Sammy, Sammy Callahan. Callahan. Sammy Callahan's fire. It looks like he's got a coke problem, but fire. Fire? Fire, bro. His gimmick in NXT where he was like some fucking hacker with a headbutt was possibly the worst thing I've ever... Oh, it was. But oh, thankfully, he's not... He's not solid he pro anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking, why With that fucking slinglet. Oh, oh, my God. Jesus Christ, bro. Vanilla Midget. Vanilla Midget. Oh, he is NXT. not a Vanilla Midget. At, well, in NXT, he was oh, a yeah, Vanilla yeah. fucking Midget. Oh, and Impact, he's not, though. Impact, is just he just looks like what he is, a, a crazy dude from the Midwest. So I'll bang with him. OVE. OVE, Ohio versus everything. Um, 
Yeah, so I feel like Chris Jericho going there, even if it's just like six months to a year, would be a good boost for them. I don't think it's going to help them with ratings. I don't think anything's going to help them with ratings because, sadly, they've been so bad for so long that people do not want to give them another shot, and I can't blame them. I think they just need to go away from the... Like, like my thing is, like, just, like, if you want to be considered different and new, just get away from TNA, period. Just, like, give it a new name. It, it's I not got, TNA. It's Impact. But no, yeah, I keep calling it TNA. I, I know it's Impact, but, like, just get rid of TNA. Get Because you hear Impact, it's like, who's in the Impact Zone? Just get rid of anything <laughs> related to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just... Well, they tried. They tried no, to yeah. going back to the Double same old wrestling. Yeah, they yeah. tried because they tried to do business with Jeff Jarrett. And you know what happens when you do business with Jeff Jarrett? It's not going to work out. Just fucking come up with a new name. Like, you guys got talent. Just just do it differently. People, you know, it's like, what do you do? You, you, you're going to try something that fails or you're going to go with WWE, which is like old faithful, you know? People don't want to give it a shot. And then, like you said, Oscar, Thursday at 10 o'clock, like, nobody's watching that, bro. Just people like me with no lives. <laughs> well, yeah, people like you who like love Dean Malenko over Sable, showing her puppies. But you know, you know, you pick and choose. <laughs> you pick and choose. Yeah, you know. But right. what else? What? Anything else, guys? I think there's only one more thing to mention. Oh wait, um, did you guys see Becky the- Lynch's tweet today? What tweet? Oh, oh she God. was talking it about was, uh, was Charlotte Flair. Amazing. Charlotte Flair missing a whole month of SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she missed one episode. Another she, thing. She po- another thing, right, real quick. Let me read. Yeah, you go. Um. Well, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but oh, uh, wait. Basically, go. she said she tweeted a picture out of her bloody face, and then a picture on this on on one half, and then the other half was Charlotte Flair's chest. And she said, one of us missed, I missed one week for this. And it was her bloody face. And then she said, uh, Charlotte missed one month of SmackDown for a reason I can't remember. And it was a picture of her breast. Oh. Amazing. Charlotte called me out on TV and online for missing time again. The yep. man will just provide the truth in the face of lies. There you go. Yep. And on the left is her bloody face. It says, I missed one SmackDown for this. And on the right is a picture of Charlotte's breast it says she missed one month of smackdown for something i can't remember bro that's it so i'm hearing people online um i don't know why they're saying that uh and they wish that becky lynch could cut fire promos i feel like she cuts fire promos as well i don't know why people want to hate on becky lynch obviously she has more freedom on twitter to say what she wants it's also much easier to tweet hot fire than it is say fire promos uh, but I still feel like her promos are good. I don't know why people are hating on her promos. She is the best thing going in WWE today, and second place is not even close. Speaking of Be- uh, Becky posting Charlotte's breasts, if Charlotte wants to get something done, she needs to get them cheeks done. Because, once again, she's got flapjacks <laughs> back there. That shit is flat. That shit is like flat earth. Kyrie Irving. She got she got the like, Hank she got the Hank Hill butt. Facts. You ain't even lie. That's F A C T S, not F A X. She got the Hank Hill booty. She need to get that done. Cause that shit looking crazy. And anybody who wants to call me sexist, anybody who wants to call me misogynist, yaka s, 
M D because y'all know what that means. And speaking of women's wrestling, apparently WWE is reportedly considering a Queen of the Ring tournament. How do you guys feel about this? Is it is it going to be a bastardization of what the King of the Ring was like the last couple of times they did it, or is it going to be what? 90s King of the Ring or the 90s King of the Ring uh, win meant I I think that if they treat if they announce the tournament and then just have the tournament on the network and have it being that if you win it's a title shot and I actually make it about a royalty thing it will be fine now if they announce it and then have Stephanie McMahon come out and talk about how how historic revolutionary and life-changing this is then the pay-per-view is instantly ruined because i'm very i'm very tired of steph speaking for the women's division and it's just very annoying so if they would just announce it and be like yo queen of the ring is this day watch it and they treat like a normal thing it would be dope because I think now WWE is getting to a tipping point where like people are getting tired of like Steph treat Steph coming out and making an announcement and treating it like, oh, women are doing this. Like, why don't you just fucking just treat women as equals and say we have this pay-per-view and this is it. Like, you don't need somebody to come out and say how historic and how different it is. Just announce the pay-per-view and have the women wrestle because they're going to put on a good match. And have Santino win. Santina or, Santina or uh, yeah, Santina should win. I agree. Where Katie Katie Vick comes back from the if, dead and is the if, female Undertaker and wins the whole thing. If you don't know thing. who Santina is, learn your WWE history. <laughs> the greatest women's champion of all time. Santina, Santina was dope. <laughs> uh, that that should have been included in one of our gimmicks. Great gimmick, Santina. Oh, Santino. <laughs> Yo, someone's getting shot in Harlem right now, it sounds like. It is I, wild in these streets. I work in Harlem, and that place is, like, scary. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> the amount of dope fiends and crazy people I see on the train or on the bus is, like, amazing. I'm surprised I haven't gotten killed by the time, by now. So. See, uh, see people shooting up on the train all the time. You see that all the time? On the one train. I used to. On the what? one train at like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. What are you, Frank White? Like, what the hell? <laughs> nah, dudes definitely still shoot up in yeah, Harlem. They're shooting up on the, on the train, like the last cart. It happens, <laughs> man. That's New York. This is Varo. The, the old New York's the only dude. Varo's the only dude that's not a drug dealer or drug user that buys the last cart at one in the morning. <laughs> I do not take that last cart. It's the closest one to the, like the, the F train. I'm all about the front cart. I don't do middle or last. Yeah, last cart is all about, yo, you trying to get robbed or you trying to get whatever. But shout out to Paul for, for being that guy to take the last cart. This guy's a brave, he's a brave person. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, if you visit New York City, do not, once it, once it gets past 10 p.m., do not take the last cart. I don't care what neighborhood you're in. Yeah, just get into like Uber or Lyft, bro. Just pay for, and, and and you know some of you people pay for a pool if you like to talk to people. I don't I don't pay for the pool because I don't I'm bougie. I don't want to talk to nobody. So I like talking to people, and by talking to people, I mean just on my text phone saving five dollars from the UberX price. 
I don't bangs with Uber, Lyft, five-star passenger rating all day. So, you know, I get Monday through Friday 10% off my rides. So let's put that out there. Nice. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and then we got one more thing to talk about, and I think we'll be done, which would be um, who are we throwing in the trash this week? Oh, wow. I and, thought and, and, we threw... What did we do? You threw the vegans in the trash? I threw I the vegans in the trash. trash. I think that They've is... always been trash. I threw <laughs> Daniel Bryan in the trash, which you guys don't agree with. So vegans are unanimous, but I do have somebody else to replace Daniel Bryan, which would be the daughter of the murderer in the hotel, which would be uh, Tamina Snuka. And the other person which is the unsafe worker Nia Jax Related or, to as the I like call, or as I like to call her Nia Fat or Nia Whack whichever <laughs> one it doesn't matter and because this is a democratic podcast I need a vote so I don't know if you guys agree with me or not because these these people they're terrible I don't want to see them on TV at all anymore I think they belong in the basura Yo, they, I agree they made Raw have their lowest rating <laughs> Rate, lowest closing rating of all time. <laughs> They're trash. Hot garbage. Like, they need their own bin. You know how we got Alistair Black, we got friends and shit in the trash? <laughs> they need their own bin, because, like, that's how fucking more trash they are. But I think we need, like, a composting bin. Since, you know, me and Tamina are big. Gotta, nah, like, you don't fit want them, them in a huge bin. You don't... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, the view, man. the views expressed by Marcos do not, <laughs> do not represent the views of our employers. This is all me. This is all Kels from the Burnside Bully, Morris Avenue Marauder, Vladimir Pulitin, Mikhail going off Baracko drama. It's all me. Don't blame the other two. But you know how we have like you got the orange bins. We got to put Nia and Tamina in the big blue bin, the recycle bin. It's just a big bin. Nah, we gotta we gotta throw them that <laughs> in that dumpster that gets left over from construction sites. Facts. Throw, throw all the that, green throw joint. Them in that the shit. big green yeah. joint. Yeah, yeah. Trash. So all the Trash. Asbest, all the asbestos bags and shit. Throw them in that. So yes, that is the new weekly segment. We'll be throwing in <laughs> something or someone in the basura. Oh, I gotta, they... I gotta get a throw it in the bag sound clip. Just remix it to throw it in the throw trash. Throw it in the bag. Throw it in the bag is a positive. I want, yeah. I want the Don, no, I mean. want the Don like... Francisco. E oh, fuera. Fuera. Oh, but we don't want to get sued by Don Francisco because his money is long. Oh. Hola. <laughs> Esto, este es Don Francisco. Y ustedes están viendo Sábado Gigante. Recuérdate que Sábado Gigante quiere que ustedes sonrías bueno. Que está represado por Colgate. <laughs> Remember Don Francisco's um, show was always, like, sponsored by Colgate? But, I, you know. I his teeth is always on fleek. Yo, he, yo low-key, though, if you go back and watch old Don Francisco episodes, he was high-key sexual harassment oh. central. That's all Latin American TV. I'm about to say all Latin American men. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> And shout out, 
<laughs> and shout out to Walter Mercado who had the early gold dust gimmick. Oh, he did. You've never seen him and Ric Flair in the same room. <laughs> Fire. Remember that. <laughs> Walter Mercado, Ric Flair, same dude. Robes, drippy, hair, drippy. What was it called? Mucho, mucho amor. Mucho, mucho amor. Mucho, 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 mucho amor. <laughs> Yo, but everything he said was true. All of them Virgo things, I live by them to this day, baby. Sagittarius. <laughs> Can- Cancer. Libra. Yo, Yo Walter Mercado. God, God forbid you talked while Walter Mercado was talking. Oh, you got the chancleta. <laughs> that boomerang chancleta. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. All right. That I think that oh, wrap, that man. wraps up another uh, episode of Los Marcos podcast. <laughs> we'll be we'll be back next week with God more, willing. Uh, hot takes. We out. <laughs> uh, so you done now? Are we still on this? We're done. All right. We done. All right. Peace, guys. Later. <laughs>